Hello, this is John Wood of Wood Patent Law, and welcome to my podcast, Let's See the Patents, where I give my back-of-the-envelope, high-level impressions of today's most innovative technology companies. This is my practice, and if you are an IP decision maker, an inventor or innovator, or an investor in technology, then this podcast is for you. Today, let's take a quick look at Zoom. If you weren't familiar with Zoom maybe eight months ago, perhaps you are now, certainly uh, heightened visibility that kind of really jumped in and took the market lead on video conferencing still has the market lead uh, to my knowledge. Um, they, interestingly, they received a good bit of funding in 2017. So pre COVID pre video conferencing, their value proposition that video conferencing would be more important in the future. Obviously that has not diminished in light of COVID uh, and some of the fundamental changes we're seeing. So, But in 2017, they were an attractive investment. We have Sequoia here jumping in, lead investor, 100 million raised January 2017. Let's see the patents. Let's see where these guys at. Let's see what the investors like from a patent standpoint. Let's see where Zoom was putting their investment dollar. Okay, Zoom Technologies pulling up their U.S. granted patents publicly available. Here I see six granted patents repetitive titles, error, error resilience for interactive real-time multimedia application. What that tells me right off the bat is those those three grants have basically matured from one individual application, probably a provisional. Yep, it is a provisional. So, so there's one provisional application which was filed early here, 2014, 2013, that has matured into three four four grants here so so you have multiple grants coming out of uh one provisional patent i like to see that that is good basically zoom did a lot of the right things they filed comprehensive technical provisional directed towards innovative subject matter the patent office is in agreement there is innovative subject matter there by nature of these three repetitive title applications, error resilience for interactive real-time multimedia application. And then we have here adaptive screen control, adaptive screen encoding control. Okay, so these applications all came out of this provisional. That's the right thing to do. Now, what I want to do, because we have one keystone cornerstone provisional driving these, these grants, I want to take a look at that. That's hyper important, uh, super important provisional. I want to know, um, I want to take a look at that provisional and make sure it's technically comprehensive and supports all of this innovative subject matter. That's the real keystone here. And perhaps more importantly, I want to know here, because we are going back in some time on this provisional, if these granted claim sets sit on product. Here we are six years later, often, not always, often these claims, uh, because you're a startup, you're grinding on innovation here in 2013, your product is going to look a little different than here, uh, th- than, than it did back in when you were grinding on this innovation and, and finding and basically trying to get this product to market. So do these claims sit on product? And if they don't sit on Zoom's product, do they sit on someone else's product? And if they don't sit on someone else's product, do they sit in the commercialization roadmap for video conferencing? What's the design around 
where's uh, what's the design around uh, expense to get around those claims? And if that's not the case, then can they be put on product? Can uh, because they, we do have pendency here, which is very important. So you have the early provisional, inventive loaded with inventive subject matter here, comprehensive, hopefully forward looking. If it's if this provisional and it's kept alive here, despite the grants, we've kept alive this provisional, so we can call back to that technical subject matter and put the claims, the legal bounds of this of this uh, enforceable intellectual property now on product if they're not. And we can drive value there. Here we are six years later. Let's see what the uh, where the innovation is. And uh, basically put the claims on subject matter. Now, interestingly, what we have here and with Zoom, um, basic, it looks like something similar has happened. They're involved or were involved in some IP litigation. There's a company, a Zoom predecessor here is popping up. It looks like that did something similar to what Zoom's done. And they filed, uh, they have a patent. And basically it looks like Zoom's product is reading on their patent or that's what they are asserting. So it is quite often these claims do sit six years later, do sit on product or someone else's product here has been the case, uh, I guess, that uh, Zoom or, or the company asserting this uh, Uvo uh, or or the current patent holder um, is asserting that, th that they do. Um, but we just want to know where those are. Drive down to the claims, see if they're on product, take a look at that provisional, see what it supports. Can we push more value out of it? And, and that's next level. That's next level analysis. Looking here, so with this number of, of applications, six, six grants, and the uh, the way that they're claiming priority back to that keystone provisional, you're going to have inventor overlap. Inventor overlap is important. Inventive, um, inventor diversity is important. Rather, um, when you look at these inventors, one thing I like to see are different inventors. Again, that speaks to the strength of the technology field that Zoom is pushing in, the strength of the technology uh, team that they have. That they are that that it's more about this company and this technology, and not necessarily one individual. And oftentimes, you will find that there is one individual, and and, and that's not uncommon, and it's not necessarily conclusive that the company itself isn't. But I'd like to see some different inventors on there. Uh, speaks to the power of the of the company and of the technology. If you just have the individual, we want to know where that individual is, if they're still at the company, and if they plan on being at the company for a long time to continue to drive innovation. So six grants, uh, perhaps I'd like to see more. I'd be willing to bet that if we asked Zoom, if they had, if wish they had more grants, they would uh, say yes. I'm looking over here at their pendant applications. They do have pendency, a smaller portfolio, two, two pendant applications here. So, the, so they're continuing. Of course, they have the pendency from the one keystone provisional that is alive. That's of utmost importance. Um, because of the size of their portfolio, I think is 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 given even more importance. And then uh, pendency here on it looks like another one of their grants. So not a lot of uh, patent filings, I would say, for the size of this company for the field. Um, it, it, obviously, this it, when we think about this field, video conferencing. Now there are companies that 
probably have much more robust portfolios. Um, although, you know, Zoom probably didn't come in here and sort of, they can't capture this space is, is what I would say. But if they did capture some distinction, which is what really drives patent, patent value at its heart, the best you can have when you have a patent, some of the highest value patents you can have are when your granted claim set hinges on your market unique distinction. Something that makes your product the technology, technological uh, success and, 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 and top of the map that it is. And as a market leader, you can always expect to perhaps get some litigation, especially in this field. There are uh, untold number of patents out there that uh, probably certain companies would feel like asserting against Zoom. And, and as a market leader, they're going to see that. Okay, so what we have here, six grants, Keystone provisional. Let's look at that, drive in on that provisional. Again, always at the claims for the granted applications. Put them on product. Are they on product? If they're not, can we put them on product based on that provisional, based on those, based on the pending application? Inventorship at this size, there's not a lot to necessarily grind on or, or, or take away from, from what I'm seeing. Um, their pending portfolio, that's all about potential. And they do have their callback to the original provisional. Um, I'd like to see some more out there to see what we can put in this space. Um, but they do have, again, that keystone provisional that the patent office is uh, well found a lot of a lot of inventive subject matter in. Okay, that is Zoom Communications, guys. Let's see the patents. So that about wraps it up uh, for today's podcast of Let's See the Patents. I'm John Wood of Wood Patent Law, woodpatentlaw.com. If you are an uh, IP decision maker um, in the innovation or technology space, whether that is by way of uh, your company or your investor or potential purchaser, um, and you are wanting to turn some of the knobs of your IP uh, portfolio um, up and uh, on value, then up. Uh, please feel free to connect with me. Um, shoot me a note, connect at woodpatentlaw.com or give my office a shout. Thanks guys.